Well, we're living in a funny time, though, aren't we? We are living in a very different time. I mentioned last time I preached that we are, we're actually living history right now. What we're going through right now is actually going to be in the history books of students that, you know, come up. You know, 2020 was the year that so many bad things happened. But, you know what, but God, I always say because my grandmother, but God. But God is moving. God is going to do something. But, you know, I can't help but feel the intensity of the unknown right now. There's an intensity in the air of the unknown what's going on right now. You know, so much unknown for what to do given the reality of this virus. And, and now that we actually have some freedom, you know, we're at stage three now, we have some freedom to make decisions. A lot of times we're still really paralyzed about what to actually do given the state of affairs, right? It's like kind of like uh, paralysis by analysis. You think, well, is this safe to do? Should I do this? Should I go? I don't know. You know, you, you become paralyzed not knowing what to do because every option seems bad. And, uh, you know, school starting uh, in the next week or two. Uh, it's going to be kind of staged entry for the, for the students as well. Uh, but uh, as a parent, I, I still don't know what the right answer is. Had, Holly and I have had lots of messages from, from other parents saying, yeah, we're going to keep our kids home, or, yeah, we're going to send them, but we don't know what to do. And it's, it's really, it's, it's an indecision. People don't know what to do because every decision uh, is that you're trying to weigh the pros and cons, but there's no real good solution. All the options don't seem that great, right? And that's true for a lot of things today, right? And the problem with this pandemic and has really been the issue since the beginning is the actual unknown of things, the unknown, the unknown that we're continually facing. And with the unknown, our human nature really does not really know how to act. It doesn't know that we so terribly want within us to actually control everything around us. And now more than ever, we want to gain back control of our lives and we want to rethink our steps. You know, what could we have changed at the beginning to do something different? You know, what could we have done to things, make things better? But the answer is actually nothing. <laughs> we couldn't have done anything to make anything better today. This was a force that we couldn't stop and we can't change the beginning, which is why I ran into this quote from C.S. Lewis uh, this week, and I thought it was kind of appropriate. You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. You can change the ending. We can start where we are and decide that we're, we're, we're going to not decide, you know, think back what we have done differently, but we can think about how we want it to conclude, right? And I can tell you right now that we serve a God who is not in the business of letting his children down. That is a fact. He is not in the business of letting his children down. The ending is not written, and, you know, he, God, not us, not the government, not the media, but God is the one who is going to author the outcome. He's going to author the ending. Amen? You can clap. You're allowed to clap, by the way. You can clap. That's a good thing. <laughs> he is the author, and whatever the outcome, it is he who's going to write the best ending, for sure. Okay? And when I say change the ending, I, this isn't a call for you to do anything. It's not, it's not self-help or anything like that. It's not self-help. It's actually a call for help. It's a call for help. It's a call for God in his power and his mercy to change how this all ends. Lord, change the ending. I'm declaring that right now. Lord, change the ending. Change the narrative. Show your power. We abandon it all to you, Lord. We abandon it to you. And, you know, there's a peace that comes to you, isn't there, when you say that? When you, when you actually abandon things, when you take your fear, you take your uh, anxiety, and you lay it on the throne and say, God, you take care of this. You author this. I can't do anything. I'm not in control. You take control. Isn't there a peace that comes on you from that? There's a huge peace when you leave it to the author of life. Isn't there? Yeah, we have a difference. 
we actually have as difference as Christians. And when you believe in Christ, when you live as a Christian, we get actually a unique perspective on life. We don't have to focus on beginnings. We actually don't have to focus on endings. What's our focus? Our focus is actually on eternity. Our focus is on eternity. When you're a Christian, God alone is the one who is in charge of your life. He's your security in life. And even though you may have no control, he actually has never been out of control. He's never been out of control. He's in control and has been since the beginning of time. His power and might over creation has never decreased. It's never, you know, disappeared, and it's never disappointed. His power has never disappointed. He's just as omnipotent, omnipresent today as he was at the beginning of creation in the Garden of Eden. He's just as present as he was then. You know, though we may not always understand why things are the way things are, you know, a mature understanding of God, uh, you know, a mature understanding of Christ will always lead you to understand that he is the one that works out his love into every situation. And while, you know, it might be hard right now, my experience has taught me that he always brings about eternal blessings for all of his children. Always. Eternal blessings for his children. So today I'm going to actually give you what I want to say is I want to give you three kind of spiritual aspirins, all right, or antidotes, all right, to combat the fatigue, to combat the fear, to combat the, the depression, to combat the loneliness that every one of us has felt either in the last couple of weeks or the last couple of months, right? These are the things that I want to give you, some truths that I want to give you to actually go against those feelings because these feelings are not actually how it's going to end for you. That's not how it's going to end for you. It doesn't really matter right now how, how the feelings got there. It doesn't really matter right now. What's more important this morning is that your, your willingness, your willingness to change the ending, right? To release the future into his hands so that you can walk with a peaceful heart. Amen? Amen. So let's get right into it. So the reason, the reason why I, I want you to consider these truths is because I also want to challenge you and to take a, a good look at what you believe about God as well, what you actually believe about God. Because sometimes the presence is so loud and, and so distracting that it doesn't even let you even consider the ending, right? Let alone change it. Look, ultimately, your peace is going to be determined by what you believe about God. Your peace is entirely dictated to you by what you believe about God. So here, let me give you a truth. Let me bring you something that, you know, that will help you in whatever you're feeling this morning. And it's this, is that God is absolutely sovereign. He is absolutely sovereign. Recognizing, accepting the truth that God is sovereign over everything is vital for you not to live in fear. And we all need some good news, don't we? <laughs> we need some good news, don't we? We really do. I, I know that my situation is completely different than yours, and I'm not downplaying anything that you might be going through right now, but here's the thing. Here's the good news. Nothing related to you Absolutely nothing related to you, anything that you're feeling, anything that you're going through, nothing related to you is beyond his watchful eye and loving care. Nothing. Absolutely nothing, right? Colossians 1, 16 through 17 says this, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers, rulers or authority, all things, say all things, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him things and in him all things hold together. He's sovereign. He is holding all things together. With a family of six, 
Sick of me. I have a family. We're a family of six. There's a lot to hold together. There's a, a lot to do. There's a lot of things to hold together. Even getting up in the morning is a process that you have to walk through every morning and go through it. You have to hold, Holly and I have to hold things together. Thank goodness she is a competent woman. I thank you, Jesus, for Holly in my life because I would not be able to hold it all together without her. Right? She helps me hold all things together. <laughs> you can give her a clap. Yeah, absolutely. Six kids, four children is very difficult. But our Heavenly Father holds everything together. Everything. He holds everything together. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Amen. All right, that's a good song. Right? He's got the whole world in his hands. He was and is before me. He was and is before COVID. He was and is before racial injustice. He was and is before the first thing that you thought about this morning when you got up. Oh, how about that one? He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is and always has been in control because God is absolutely sovereign. Hey, wait a second. What does sovereign mean anyways? <laughs> what does sovereign mean? I'm glad you asked that. Sovereign means supreme power or authority over all things. Supreme power. Supreme power. Nothing greater than supreme power over all things. Do you get where I'm going? What I'm saying is chaos is actually not in God's vocabulary. He doesn't even, doesn't even consider it. Chaos is not in his vocabulary. Chaos is what we make when we put our trust in anything else but him. That's what that is. God created the world and brought order to the universe, and he is the beginning and the end. No chaos there whatsoever. You know, it's easy as a Christian. Here's a challenge. It's easy as a Christian to think about a great, big, wonderful God, right, because that's what he is. But what's more challenging is actually to go from macro, like the big picture, to the micro, the smaller picture, right, go from macro to micro, and realize that he is absolutely sovereign, actually over our own personal issues as well, Right? He's big, but he can also work in the small as well, too, right? Yes, he's God over this global pandemic, but he's also God over the decade-long disagreements and offenses that you're having with your siblings, right? Yes, he's a God over the heavens, making sure that an asteroid doesn't hit the earth and destroy us all, which was in the news a little while ago, by the way, <laughs> right? Yes, he is, he's going to make sure that that doesn't happen. Of course not. But he's also God over the crippling fear that you might feel every time you walk into your workplace, He's sovereign over that as well, too. He is sovereign. He is supreme power and authority over what? All things. All things. God is absolutely sovereign. And that, that should absolutely rewrite your ending this morning, shouldn't it? Whatever you're feeling, that should absolutely rewrite your ending this morning. All right. Here's another truth vaccine that you can take as well. All right. And you would think that would be something that we would get by now, but turns out not so much. <laughs> More often than not, you know, even as we as Christians, you know, we actually act out of a place of lack instead of a place of abundance and provision. And there's a lot of ancient names for, for Jesus, for the Messiah, and one of them is Jehovah Jireh. Does anyone know what that means? All you guys are smart. You're on point this morning. You've had your coffee. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. God is your provider. God is your provider. Psalms 34 and 10 says this, Even strong lions sometimes go hungry, but those who seek, or sometimes they say trust in the Lord, will lack no good thing. I like that it doesn't just say you're not going to lack, you'll lack nothing. It's you'll lack no good thing. Good thing. 
we're not going to lack any good thing. I say it's me. I like good things. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, in the morning, I was just telling you about breakfast. The, you know, usually I'm the one that gets up with the kids to give them their breakfast uh, while Holly organizes everything, like what they're gonna, the kids are going to wear and all that. She organizes that while I get them, you know, get them food in the morning. And I can tell you this, that when we bring the kids down for, for breakfast in the morning, there's never a time where they come to the breakfast table and, are, and look like they're, they're scared because they're not going to get their Eggo waffle in the morning. They never, they're, they're never thinking, oh, you know, this is a risk. I'm not, I'm not going to have food this morning. You know, because why? Because their mother and their father are providers. They provide for them, and they, they, have, that, they have that history with us in the, their, their little lives that we've never not given them food. So they're, they, they trust in us. Our, we have a puppy, on the other hand. We have a little dog. You might have seen him on some of the videos that we've made. Uh, he is panicked every morning. You let him out of the cage, and he runs right for the dish, right for the, the food dish. And he has a look. He's a pug, so he always looks panicked, but... <laughs> He, he has, you can tell, he has a look of panic that he's not going to get fed, right? I don't know why. We always feed him. We always feed him at the same time. But he has this look of, of panic. And how, I'm thinking to myself, how often are we as God's children acting like the dog instead of the children, right? Throughout the Bible, the message is actually really clear that God is the one who provides for all your needs. He's the one that provides for all your needs. No need is too massive. No need is too small. No need is too difficult for Jesus to actually meet it. No need. Far too often the world places a, a real scarcity mindset on us, right? Making us feel like we don't have enough to live a meaningful life, right? We have that scarcity mindset that's put on us in a, in a, in a very strong way, right? From social media to the news on TV, everywhere there's a scarcity mindset that people are trying to build this fear in you that there's not enough. Can I be direct with you in a loving way this morning? Is that right? Is that right? Yeah? If you don't believe in the privilege of tithing, you likely have a scarcity mindset. Oh, man, I went silent there real quick. (laughs) If you don't believe in the privilege of tithing, you likely have a scarcity mindset. If you've taken a hold of the scriptural truth that God is your provider, then you'll approach life with an attitude of abundance. You can't help but give because you can see that that he has provided for you, that he's blessed you, that you have a testimony, that you have an experience that God has blessed you. You can't help. Lord, you have blessed me. I'm going to give back to you. That is, a, that, is a, that is not a scarcity mindset. That is a mindset that God is my provider. On the flip side, if you don't think that you have enough, the problem with that is that you will never have enough. I've, I've grown up in the church. I've been here now for a long time. And I've seen both of those testimonies. One that, Lord, I, I, I can't help but give to you. And the other hand is, I, I don't have enough to give to you. Right? If you don't have enough, you're never going to have enough because you're trusting in yourself instead of the bank of God. Let me tell you something about the bank of God. The bank of God has the best interest rates. It gives you the best dividends. It is the best bank that you can invest into. I have that from my experience. I know that a lot of you have that for your experience as well. Is that when you invest into God, he comes back with dividends and returns that you can't even believe. Why? Because it's not of your own strength. It's God blessing you back. It's saying, he's seeing that you're trusting in him and he's blessing you with, with what he has entrusted to you. It's awesome. Amen. Any Christian that I've met that, that doesn't worry about money lives the realization that God is their provider. Why? Because those who seek, those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Scriptural. 
So what do I say in this morning? I'm saying seek after him today. Go after him. Go after him right now. It's like those, those loan commercials you see on TV, you know? No bad, bad credit, no credit, no matter. It doesn't matter. So into God. He's going to give you what you need. Seek and trust in him to provide. And look, the world right now is also in fear. I mean, there's just a ton of stuff that they're throwing at us these days. Uh, but the world's also in fear that there's going to be this huge economic meltdown. And all the financial models are actually do support that theory, that there's going to be this giant economic meltdown. And, you know, that there are many signs that that, are, that, that that may happen. But guess what I just learned this morning? God is sovereign, and God is my provider. He is sovereign, and he is my provider. We have a recession-proof, a depression-proof investment. We do. He will see that you lack no good thing. It says in the Bible, i got to believe it, you will lack no good thing. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but this gets, that gets me excited. Because I don't have to fear. I can lay my fears at his throne and he takes care of it all. Okay, here's the next truth that's going to change your conclusions. Okay? This is this. God made you the way that you are for a purpose. You are you for a purpose. God made you the way that you are, exactly the way you are, physically, emotionally, spiritually, for a purpose. For a very specific purpose. And a lot of times we think that who we are or what we've inherited are just roadblocks to success in life. Right? I was born in poverty, so that's where I'm going to stay. I've been shy in my life, so, you know, I'm going to work in the background. No one's going to notice me. I'm not going to be used for anything. Right? Wrong. That's not true at all. And you know what I think of when I think about this? Most of you probably remember Barbara Parks. Barbara Parks is one of my spiritual heroines. She was an incredible woman. I rarely saw her frown. I, don't, I can't even remember seeing her frown or be frowning or anything. She was always happy. And actually, I didn't realize until I was a teenager that she actually was missing her thumbs. I never noticed the fact that she was born without her thumbs. But she carried on. She did everything in life. She even sailed with her husband. I don't know how she did that. But she sailed without, with a physical uh, you know, impediment to her. And she did it, but she never complained about it. She carried out and she fulfilled God's purpose for her in her life, regardless of what her impediments were. What a beautiful testimony. That, that really, seeing her as, as an example of my that is somebody that I want to go after. That's someone I want to be like, because she did what God told her to do, regardless of anything. And just circling back to the beginning, a lot of this comes down to, you know, the things that we can and can't control. As you mature in life, though, you're going to quickly realize that, you know, there is actually next to no control over most things in life. Right? There's not a whole, there's not a whole lot of control that you can put onto things in life. A lot of things just come at you. You know, your race, culture, language, nationality, sex, and all these other attributes are all part of the way that God created you. They're actually part of the way God created you. And many times we need to just understand that those things are part of the way that, that God created you. You know, that how he chose to create you. He also gave you talents. He also gave you abilities. He also gave you a unique personality. Some of you have real unique personalities, by the way. Just kidding. You're great. You personalities gave you intelligence and spiritual gifts to actually fit into, get fit into your unique context here on earth to actually complete his purposes. Not your own, his purposes. Right? The purpose he actually uniquely created for you. He uniquely created a purpose for you out of love. Isn't that awesome? 
for your destiny, but for his glory. That's why he's done it. Don't you love how David actually, he perfectly described it in Psalms 139, 13. I love this. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And you know what? This is not just a psalm for David. This is a prayer of praise to God for each and every one of us. Every one of us. And it should make you feel pretty good and pretty special. You were knit together in your mother's womb before you were even born. How about that? Isn't that pretty amazing? When you feel directionless, when you feel worthless, know that every moment in your life has been laid out before you. And, and here's, the, you know, here's actually here's the bonus credit. You want something else? I can give you this as well too. If you already know this, a lot of you are, are mature Christians. A lot of you already know this fact that, you know, that God made me for a purpose. I'm going to walk in that destiny. But here's some, here's some bonus material that you can take away this morning. If you know that to be true, right, if you already know this and you're confident who you are in Christ, know that this also applies to the person that's really bugging you right now. See that person that's sitting at the opposite end of the church right now that you, that you have some issues with? They were actually formed, they were knit together in their mother's womb by Christ as well too. They actually have the same destiny, the same purpose, the same ability that God has placed on them for to fulfill his purpose and to fulfill his glory in the world as well. Right? Right? It applies to everybody. It applies to the person that's really bugging you. It applies to the neighbor that drives you crazy. It applies to the sister who has bugged you since you were a child. And sorry to burst the bubble, but God did them in their mother's womb as well. And we have to honor them. And we have to honor that the, they were created, also created for a purpose. And our job is to actually help bring out that purpose in everybody as well. That's our job. You know, so many people are focused on pointing out the negative in other people. It's kind of almost like a natural thing in us to say, oh, I don't like that person because they, B and C, they did this once when they were young, so I'm not going to trust them, or they did this, that. You know what? It's so easy to point out the negative. But what's the real challenge, and what our challenge is as Christians, is actually bring out what God has placed in them to use for his destiny. Draw that out of them. Draw out the positive. Draw out the giftings. Draw out the, the abilities. Draw out this, the, the, the spiritual, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit giftings that they have so they can be used for his purposes. That's what we're called to do. Amen? Amen. All right, so those are just three those were just three, you know, essential truths that you can draw on during this time of uncertainty. And, you know, when there doesn't seem to be any good answer for what to do, take a step of faith. That's what we have to do. Take a step of faith and recognize that God is sovereign. He is your provider, and he has made you for the season that you're living in right now. He has made you for this season. He's made us for this season. He's made this entire generation. I'm saying generation. I'm talking about everybody that's here right now. This generation for the time that we are living in right now. As hard as 2020 is, he has created you for this time. He has made you, he has formed you before you were knit together in your mother's womb. He made you for such a time as this. Right? Yeah. He made you with your capability, your skills, your abilities to accomplish his eternal and good will. And trust is at the core of your being. You know, and God is working in you. And when you trust him, you know that God is working for you and on your, for your behalf. And that will actually lead you to the road of true inner peace. That, that's how you get real inner peace, is knowing that he is always working on your behalf. You know, we do, however, have options. We do have options. We have trust, faith, and hope delivered directly from God. 
That's one choice that we have. Or we can also choose fear. Those are the two options that we have. And, you know, fear is actually one of those universal emotions that everybody experiences in the world. I believe there are seven universal emotions. Is that correct, Holly? You're the expert on these things. Something like that. There are seven. There one, fear is actually one of, the, one of the universal emotions that everybody experiences around the world. And fear arises with the threat of harm, you know, either physically, emotionally, or psychologically. And, and it can also be real or it can be imagined as well, too. Right? So today we're facing actually every aspect of fear within this. And uh, the threat of the virus means that, you know, we have to, whether we want to or not, respond to the fear within ourselves. We have to. That's, that's what we have to within this time. The good news is, though, is that the word says this. In Isaiah 43.1, it says, Don't fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Don't fear. You know, God actually commands us not to fear, not to worry. And the phrase fear not, do you know how many times that's mentioned in the Bible? Something like over 80 times. Fear not is mentioned in the Bible that many times. Most likely because God knows the enemy uses fear to decrease our hope and limit what we can actually achieve in this world. You know, God's not telling us over again to fear not because he thinks it's a silly emotion either. Because don't forget, Jesus, when he was in the garden, he was, he was so stressed out and so fearful of the cross that was coming towards him that he was sweating blood. So he knows what fear is. He absolutely knows what fear is. Jesus expressed that fear, and uh, so God knows exactly what fear is and how it affects us. But we belong to an all-powerful, all-knowing, victorious Father who cares deeply about us. The same God who created the universe cares about every single detail of our lives and every struggle we face individually and collectively as a human race. He cares about it all. And nothing is beyond the understanding and control of him. He is sovereign. So whatever you're fearing, this current health crisis, a family problem, a financial struggle, focus on the power of God. Focus on his power. A God who calls you by name is telling you that you can live fear-free. Fear is not the final chapter of your life. Change the ending. Change the ending of your life. Change it by focusing on him and how he considers us his prized and redeemed ones. And we can do that. And when we do that, when we focus on him, our story naturally changes from fear to faith. That's what happens. I'm going to continue on this message next week and give you some more kind of uh, little antidotes to fear and, and how we can move forward in what we're living through today. Uh, so make sure to come here next week as well too. But if you're dealing with anything, even if you're not, can you stand with me in agreement this morning that we are not going to let fear be the final chapter of our lives? Let's pray this together in agreement. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we acknowledge today that fear has no place in our hearts or our minds when we follow you. Has no place, Lord. Lord, increase our trust and faith in you because we, we know you are willing and able to deliver us completely from fear and anxiety. We ask today, Lord, for a, a deeper revelation of your love. Lord, let us know it. Let us know right now, this very moment, how deep your love is for us. And we stand today in anticipation to see how powerfully you're going to move in us and through us. Whatever decisions we make in the next weeks and months, because there's some big decisions that we have to make, we make them in faith knowing that you are absolutely sovereign and will bless the outcome of whatever our decision may be. We know that you're going to provide and protect us and that you've given us everything we need to make it through this season. We receive you this morning. We receive your love because perfect love casts out all fear. We ask by your Holy Spirit, Lord, come on us. 
right now so that we can walk in your peace and walk in your love. In the precious, wonderful name of Jesus, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Abandon your fear this morning. Walk in his peace. Walk in his presence. Walk this week without fear, knowing that he is sovereign over all things.